So you see, this is what it's all about. This is me and Lulu. Me and Lulu on the stew show. What you got to say about it, Lulu? Uh, yeah, this week we got a Chad Chapin. Grammy-nominated Chad Chapin. Chapin. Sorry. I'm going to say your name right, Chad. Grammy-nominated Chad Chapin. Uh, Brethren drummer Chad Chapin. BMI, our, our song of the year, Chad Chapin. Um, guys, this is a big time rock and roll star. We got, uh, he came by the house, came by Happy Hill. First guest up on the hill. First time we've tried it, a two man live squad. Um, yeah, man. So he, we talk about it, dad, life on the road. Um, we talk about some crazy stories from the road. Talk about inspiration to be creative. We talk just all kinds of stuff guys this is a great opportunity to hear the um hear what kind of makes you know somebody of that success tick he's a great dude great husband great father um i assume great husband i won't speak for his wife but i mean they're married so chances are chances are that's a win too chances are that checks the box um yeah so this is Drummer for the Brethren. They're a new um, country. It's a Northwest country. We'll get into that in a little bit on the pod. And uh, But yeah, they got some new music out. They're really trying to see where it goes. All just have successful musical careers and came together and decided to do something. You know more about what their heart was talking about. And just seeing where that goes. But anyways, hope you guys enjoy the pod. As always, check out 615 Local. Uh, for any kind of needs you have, they they got uh, connects to all kinds of businesses out there. Any kind, you know, just to just whatever you need done. What do you think about it, Lulu? Huh? You got anything to say? She's she's a little shy right now, but she might throw up on me here in a second if you wait long enough. But anyways, yeah, this is Stu. You're watching the Stew Show. That's Lulu looking at you. Uh, like, subscribe on YouTube. We really love for you to check it out on YouTube. We're way better in that avenue than we are putting it on sound. Um, so yeah, you tell them about it, Lulu. But if you can only listen, it's on Apple, it's on Spotify, it's on all the major platforms. So enjoy yourselves, enjoy the show. Shout out Chad Chapin. Uh, yeah. This is Stu Show. Peace. Hey guys, please subscribe to a dad podcast. No, you're good. Uh, no, yeah, you might want to eat the mic a little more. Sorry. Yeah, dude. Uh, as I said, you're more of a professional. We're going now. It's casual. What up? This is Stu. I'm still even working through names. I, I just <laughs> I just call it Stu. And the funny thing is, I was just telling Chad, um, just started this over the pandemic. I didn't realize when I named my podcast, I had named it The Village Idiot, or I thought I did. I thought I did. Turns out, the way I was putting in all the information, I had just named it Stu. Wow. So, and when we started getting it, we had a sponsor come on board, and uh, 
they're the ones who pointed that out to me. So yeah, that, that's how new we are. But anyways, this is this is at my house. Chad's the first guest. This is Chad Chapin. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, drummer for the Brethren, devout family man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, just thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. This is really cool. We're we're excited. As I said, this is kind of the first adventure into it. Um, I didn't realize. So we we knew each other a little prior to this, and I didn't realize that um, we we had kind of ran in similar circles. And I also congratulations because I didn't realize how freaking good you were at what <laughs> your job is, dude. So yeah, Grammy nominee, song of the year winner. That's pretty sick stuff man so thanks congrats <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's been a dream of mine since i was uh seven years old and uh i grew up in the mountains in oregon and my dad was a pastor of a church and um so i just grew up playing drums in church and uh <laughs> there's some some funny stories there uh but um but yeah, so just uh, my brother, he's five years older than I am. And so he played bass. My dad was an amazing musician. And so we just grew up just just playing in church and and uh, we just loved to play. And so because my dad was the pastor, we had the security code to the church and a key. So after everybody, this whole church staff would go home, my brother and I would go in there and we would crank Van Halen and all this stuff. And I just, just dreaming one day of, 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 you know, playing music professionally. And, and, uh, there was one time, uh, we were watching these videos and, and, uh, you know, how, when you watch a lot of bands live, there's smoke machines. Going. Oh yeah, dude. So we're like, how big do we... fog machine. Guy. Yeah. And so we're like, how do we, how do we get smoke going? And so I found a, um, a, a fire hydrant. And so decided to set that thing off and, and, uh, it, and it created a lot of fog. And so the next morning was Sunday. And so my dad showed up to church to, um, you know, make sure turn lights on and get things ready. Well, overnight, this, all this fog started settling. And so there's this white film over everything. My dad's grand piano, all this <laughs> stuff. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, um, we, we, uh, we had to clean all that up and let's just say that was the least of the worries. Dude, I, I'm sure that's, that's wild. Uh, tr trying to think cause I, I did, like I said, I did the research. You were in the, you were in Tate. Yes. With, with Michael Tate of DC talk. Yeah. I, I, just a little, I grew up in. Uh, United Methodist Church on Marietta yeah. Square. Um, used to do the youth camps, did all that stuff. Was DC Talk like I love DC Talk? Yeah, I, I think it's funny. Um, uh, Tawny did a uh, some kind of thing on Facebook or whatever that um, my wife saw, and it was name all the '90s Christian rock songs, and she just played them anymore. Yeah. I got five for five. <laughs> five for five dude and uh i and i will mention about dc talking jesus freak that album does not get the credit like if it wasn't a christian yeah. rock album people would put like you want to talk about bands that evolved yeah. with music like yeah, they no did question. so like how was it because tate like you guys were mega successful in in that 
that genre. Um, how was it? I, I think people see like the big rock star life and whatever. And then there's a different side of that music that you still live a cool life. It's just like, you kind of get to do a little more inconspicuously. Like, I feel like that's the way to do it. I feel like you did it right. So, hey, did you did you enjoy doing it that way? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, there there is a lot of pressure of of making sure that you are staying current. Um, and so, yeah. So when we when we approach like the Tate Records, a lot of times what we would do, we would go see some of our favorite bands live, whether if they were playing an arena in Atlanta or something like that. We would just go, and this was all like right before we hit the studio, uh, just to really be inspired of, and just making sure that the creative um, juices are flowing, if you will. Um, So yeah, it was, it was a lot of just, um, you know, when we're recording, um, you know, just, I think that was the cool thing about, about the bands that I was in and especially Tate, um, all the guys in the band, we all brought something different. Yeah. You know, like Michael Tate, huge Nat King Cole fan. Um, but then at the same time, you know, at, during that time back then, I mean, he was a huge Pearl Jam fan too. So it was just a big blend. And like, when you listen to the DC talk records, you know, you have these ballads and then you have Jesus freak, you know, so you have this kind of all over, but it was just the influences that we grew up with, um, from rock and roll to gospel, um, you know, a little bit of country, not that much, but, um, but all of it just kind of came together and, and that's kind of what formed the sound that we were. Dude, I, I, it's what, cause like I said, we similar circles, a dude on DC talks, one of their first records. He he was he helped write him. He was at Liberty University. So yeah, when I yeah. say similar circles, I, I'm a Liberty University guy. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes yeah. Sense. So um, I actually was involved a bit with with the family Thomas Road Baptist, so the whole deal. Yeah. And, and I I never realized it how how into it I was. Uh, one day till I was at, I, it was an airport in Kennesaw Mountain, Georgia, picking up Dr. Falwell, mm-hmm. which it, like he was getting in the car. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how I wound up here. But uh, a guy, Steve Veal, and I'll go ahead and say his whole name. He, he was one of the writers for, I guess, DC Talks, one of the, yeah. he didn't, he didn't make the cut once, <laughs> <laughs> once, once the, yeah. no, 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 uh, not trying to besmirch my man Steve, the real deal, Bill, but uh, once the real music started happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> no. we would go through so many songs. So, like, whenever we would prep for a record um, ourselves, like, e- even if we were planning on anywhere from 10 to 12 songs being on, a, on an album, uh, we would write and demo at least 40 songs. Because we it's knew, crazy. because there was always times where we were like, this song's a hit. And then... A couple months later, when we hit the studio, that song never even made the album. And so our, our mindset behind all that was we can always outright ourselves. So if we have a big number of songs, then plus we would grab outside songs, too, from other writers. You know, like what you're what you're talking about, mm-hmm. of like, oh, my gosh, that song is so good. Um, 
So we just kind of throw it in this big pot. And then between our label and then us as a band, we would just kind of start narrowing it down until we had what felt like a full album where all the songs fit. And it, it felt like, hey, this represents who we are the best. That's sick. So now you're doing the Brethren. Mm-hmm. How I have to feel it looks the the way it's built into your life is much different than the way your life was yes. back at those records. It's a much different dance when you're making a record and traveling. How how has that adjustment been? Because you did take some time off in there to yep. do some just did that yes (laughs) like yes that that's what we're really here for anyway yeah for sure and and i always say this too like when you're a kid and you're dreaming of like being a rock star one day or whatever you want to call it nobody tells you like hey when you get married it's gonna be tough yeah traveling as much as you do um and then nobody tells you hey when you have kids it's not just gonna be tough it's gonna suck and so, because all of a sudden, I'll never forget my, my, uh, I have four kids. My <laughs> oldest is 13 and, uh, her name is Salem. And when she was born, um, I literally stepped off the bus, our tour bus in Nashville. And seven hours later, she was born. And five days later, I was off on a, on a plane heading over to <laughs> Japan. And we had this whole month long Asia tour that we were doing. And I'll never forget landing in Tokyo getting to the hotel and calling my wife and I was, I was broken. Like I was like, I don't like this. I, I don't have my whole heart for the first time. And like, you know, this is a weird feeling. I like, I don't, this is weird. (laughs) You know, I don't know what just happened, but I just screwed everything up. But then no, I didn't. I just made everything so much better because I mean, you know, I mean, life isn't about, music no. it is about our families and and our children and and um and so but man i'll i will <laughs> never forget that moment it just it it tripped me up oh no dude full on i i do live events for a living so i, yeah. I travel i i haven't i've spent at least two weeks in a different major city each of the past six months so yeah. so i've been on the road and you know we just had a little girl and stuff like that and before I was going to LA and, and I was, I was, I had some sickness, but I wouldn't feel great before I got on a plane, full on panic attack, just cause I was like, yeah. I don't want to leave this <laughs> like, like this yeah. used to all this grandeur, you know, you're playing up all that shit. Yeah. And I just, it's not as fun anymore, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but you still love it. Like yes. you still put on the uniform for the love of the game. That's right. So, so yeah, that's, what you I've seen you guys had some traction with the brethren. It's, yeah, it's going well. Yeah. What? So what? What's in game here? Well, or do you know yet? Or just having fun. But, yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, I'll tell you kind of like how the brethren came mm-hmm. about, and I think that may answer kind okay. of where we're going. Um, Professional. So, so uh the brethren it is two sets of brothers so it's my brother and myself and then Corey and casey they're also brothers um all four of us were preacher's kids um and i always say that's probably why we're a little screwed up um in a good way um (laughs) but um uh so in march of 2020 when the pandemic hit 
on the day that everything started shutting down, like when they canceled the NBA season, the NHL season, and all the big corporations. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Um, So uh, my brother, Corey and Casey, they all live in Oregon. And I live in that in Pleasant View. And um, they were on a plane come flying to Nashville. And when literally when they landed, they were like, what is going on? And I was like, dude, they just canceled the you know NBA season, all this stuff. And they're like, what? So anyways, all that being said, the four of us have been best friends for a very, very yeah. long time. And we've always talked about like, man, one day it'd be so great to do a band of just like us. Um, but we were all in other bands and, and all of that. And so it just never worked out for the four of us to ever get together. So they were flying here. Uh, we rented a studio called Diamond Sound Studios, and um, we just got together to play purely for the love of music. And it had nothing to do with, hey, let's try to start a country band. Hey, let's try to start a, a Christian band or a rock mm-hmm. band. It was, let's just play. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, we got some booze and just hung out just yeah. and just had a blast. And the songs that we came up with, it was, they were, well, at least we thought, that they were really, really good. And so a month later, um, we're like, hey, let's do that again. And mm-hmm. so they flew back in and all we did was just play and write. And so the songs that we were writing during that time, um, uh, we just kind of compiled this whole catalog of songs. And then it was after the third time they flew in and we did the same thing again. Um, that's when we were like, Hey, we, there is something here and it's something really special. And with this band, I mean, and I've played, you know, DC talk and tape Mm -hmm. and folds and all that stuff, but this was the first unsigned band I've ever played in. And it's the most fun I've ever had. (laughs) And it's, it's been crazy. So we've been, now we're doing shows and um and just the response has been incredible cmt picked up our music video and so we're starting to get this traction here and there uh we just did a private showcase uh in nashville last weekend and uh and we had 80 people there that was all like industry and of just there's a buzz right now and so it's it's really cool but at the same time when you're starting a band from scratch and you're not joining a band that was already signed it's like starting a business. It mm-hmm. takes way much, way more time, energy, effort than than you than you always think it will. Oh, you for know? sure. And, and when you've done those things already, you know that fulfillment. It, it's a little bit of chasing the dragon. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, so no, that's awesome, yeah. man. I wanted to go to that showcase. Just a little Lucille. Yeah. Four months, she wasn't letting us out of the house yet, dude. I understand. She went, but I, he probably didn't want me around all the industry folk anyway, <laughs> dude. Um, what? So, so you've done all the touring and all that stuff. What's a moment kind of where it clicked in for you when you're out there on stage or whatever, like where you're just like, oh shit, <laughs> like like, even, like oh shit in a good way or no, bad like way? <laughs> in a, in a great way? Wait, okay. like for me, like I think there's a way you make it to that where you're never truly satisfied yeah but i like to think there's elements where you take those yeah. mental snapshots and they're like oh. yeah <laughs> so, so this was probably my um probably one of the coolest moments for me so there's a uh growing up in the northwest uh there's a huge music festival out there um called creation west and um 
the venue that it was always at, it was at this place called the gorge. And it wasn't the, the venue wasn't just for this music festival. All the major A-list acts all came there to, to perform, but the stage sat up on the end of this, the, this cliff. And when I say cliff, I mean, it's a legit cliff. And so the, that's where the back of the stage is. And then all the fans, 30,000 people will sit in kind of this natural surrounding um i mean it's it's beautiful it's it's even way more beautiful i mean in my opinion than than like red rocks um but uh so i grew up seeing shows there yeah and i probably went to like 15 shows um at the gorge and um and then when i was playing in tate uh we headlined a night there at that place and so being on stage and just thinking just remembering as a kid just going like gosh man one day one day i you know i'm gonna be on that stage and then doing it i'll never forget that you know just having those goosebumps and looking around and and having thirty thousand people there it was it was it was a, a moment i'll never forget yeah, that's wild that's wild i the only time i was ever in front of that many people early in my post basketball career which my basketball career was nowhere near like yeah you tell people you play professional basketball at some point in your life they don't realize how many levels to those things you are because similar to coming up in a band like you have to start somewhere yeah so like but this in my post profession doing live events and stuff like that i was doing an event for oprah in phillips arena in atlanta georgia and i Simply was walking to get the podium off stage. This is like a roadie thing, right? Yeah. Walking to get the podium off stage. I'm not paying no attention. I, I think I'm 25. Just <laughs> head down, go to get it. They're still going. Like nobody stopped me. Just it was a. It's just a pure case of act like you know what you're doing. <laughs> so I, I just start walking forward. It's like oh, time to get the podium. I'm gonna go get it. I walk out. I look up. Somebody's still at the podium. There's 35,000 women uh, for uh, Oprah's conference hilarious. just staring at me. And I, so I just kept walking, just <laughs> straight line to the other side, like, yep, yeah, just dude, random, right. random white dude just walking. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> so, no, yeah, it, it was a time. So that's a little, little different epiphany to, yeah. <laughs> to, to counteract yours, man. Um, but no, so so do you, or how how much are you looking to get back out on the road? Are you or I, I know you've been so, doing some traveling. Yeah, that it's it's kind of a loaded question. Um good question. Um I don't want So I've got a lot of if you haven't had conversations yet. I, don't no, 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 no. I mean the majority of my friends that went that have been in music professionally and then get married, have kids, they come off the road and they're like, gosh, man, I would never want to do that again. Um, as far as going back out on the road. Um, and yeah, I, I took a little bit of a break, but it's, I don't know what it is. It's like, it is in the fabric of my being. And yes, my, my family now is priority, um, ahead of music. Um, but I cannot shake what is in here and just the creative energy that comes from being with guys you love and like in your bros and, and writing and just creating something from nothing. Um, and then playing those songs live and then seeing fans sing those songs. Um, it's 
there's nothing like it. It it is, I mean, it's kind of like our form of heroin, I guess. Um, you know, chasing the dragon, man. It is a drug um, that doesn't have as many side effects, I guess. <laughs> no, no, um, no. The, but, the no. down's not as bad, I guess. Yeah, I but, mean, it, it ain't uh, pretty yes. though. <laughs> it can be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, but Corey, who's our kill inside. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Corey, who's our lead singer, he's married and he's got, he's got two boys. Um, the other two guys in the band, they're not married. Um, and they don't think they have kids. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but so we're a little bit more selective. Yeah. You know, we're not going to go hit on a, go jump on a tour. That's, you know, going to be gone for three months. Yeah. Um, and thankfully nowadays that that's, they don't tour like, like they used to, like, you know, in the, Late nineties, early you know two thousands. Um, a lot of the tours I was on, I mean, we'd be gone for three months straight. Come home for a week, back out for three more weeks. Um, so it was we were gone a lot. Um, but now it'll be more selective of of what we do and just making sure that our families are taken care of and on off days of flying our families out um, and just you know trying to do things a little bit different now. Um, just because obviously our, our families are extremely important. Oh yeah. I had, so there was that golden era with, with the Tate and the, mm-hmm. of that Christian music. I had a, a buddy in a band, uh, uh, there were, their name was exit East and they were signed to a fervent records. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and, um, it was the wildest thing because there was a giant gap in you guys, the super successful, you know, that, and, and them who, I don't know if it was a bad record signing choice or whatever, cause they had a hit on Christian radio, but it just it didn't sustain. And it went, went away faster. How much harder was it to once you broke in the Christian music to sustain like quality of life and make it a career cause, cause it is a different industry. Yes. Like to where they had, like, I think they, they were top five. They toured. I, I want to say yeah. they probably ran the name and, and, um, but they were in and around that, that same kind of Liberty, yep. you know, faction. It was a Liberty offshoot church. Um, shout out Westridge. Still, still <laughs> love them. But, um, there was a lot, Brad Avery, was he he would play with us on Sundays from third day. Yeah. So they were all that metro yeah. Atlanta area. And that's kind of where I came from. But just that's those circles. But yeah, the one thing that was in the Christian music industry that was a little disheartening was we, we there were times where we would release a song and we would start to gain traction with it. But then we would have one guy who would make the decision over like 100 radio stations. And if he was on board, you knew you were tracking and you were going to be at least in the top 20 at that point. Um, but there, there were times where we would get, we would, a song would be released. Stations are starting to pick it up. And then there would be this one guy, a couple of people that'd be like, ah, you don't say Jesus enough in your songs. And that was the reason. Um, and so that, it was, that kind of stuff was really disheartening. Cause like, it was like, how much of this 
is real life. How much of this are you wanting us to to be real about, or are you mm-hmm. just wanting us to just be this these safe little boys that yeah. are nice Christian boys that um just trying to fill up the demo rack at the correct. local Christian bookstore. That's right. That's right. And so there there were times where, you know, the tail wagged the dog and um and you just whenever that did happen, you just it you always felt pretty icky about it. And it just wasn't real. And that that was the part for me um that was like and and yeah, I, I'm a believer. Um but like at the end of the day, like I, I'm I have issues and problems just like everybody else. No, oh, yeah. Just because I may be a believer or a Christian doesn't mean I have everything figured out. I mean, I, I don't. It is a journey, and it will be a lifelong journey. And, and probably till the day I die, I will still be wandering and and searching. And um, and it's that's just life. Yes, yeah. that's just life. Um, and I'll never forget when the Tate. Uh, era in my life when that ended and the next tour uh the next gig that i got was for an artist named ben folds and and if you don't know who ben folds is he's not a christian um and he's a he's a pretty big one of the biggest underground artists like we would sell out two to three yeah Yeah. you'd sell out like two to three thousand seat theaters um it was kind of like that size um it was smaller than tate but bigger in a weird, another different way. But I'll never forget the first, uh, the first show I did with Ben uh, on our rider for, for Ben Folds. And I'm coming from the Christian world. On our rider was 24 Stellas, 24 Guinness, a bottle of Grey Goose, nice. uh, a bottle of red wine what, of whatever choice, <laughs> uh, and some specific kind of gin that Ben liked. That was every day. And so I was just like, what in the world? This is so crazy. <laughs> and on our tour bus, which the windows are tinted, you cannot see inside. I opened the Guinness and I was still kind of hiding it. And and it when I realized, wait a minute, I can actually be me because I'm good enough. Like I, yeah. I'm it doesn't I'm matter. And so when I when I drank that first Guinness, I, I will never forget the feeling of that was pure freedom. It was pure freedom of I was able to be me. And mm-hmm. I'm not talking about being some raging alcoholic, some yeah. drunk dude. A it was just bag. one Guinness, you know, that I was just like, wait a minute. That's a booze not- bag drummer Chad. Up there. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't know. I just, it was, it was a moment that I will never forget. And the most freeing feeling of just like, no one is judging me right now. I'm able to be me. No, oh, I, I remember cool. very specifically. And, and that was a post post basketball life i was a creative arts director at another offshoot you know those churches just yeah. bound, i was oh, a yeah. creative arts director of one of those franchises yeah. that's what we'll call them <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna take so much heat for that they know i love them <laughs> i'd say it to them i pro- i have <laughs> so that's that's why we sit here today um but uh and i remember because I came from a secular world into that, and I wasn't used to turning it off. And I didn't really feel like I had to. I I felt like that was just somebody telling me I shouldn't do something. (laughs) That It wasn't really – couldn't find a whole lot of backing, but whatever. It it was just cultural norms. And and, um, it feels different now, too, though. 
all of it, society to me feels a lot more genreless now. I think we put it on yeah. music, but it feels like you can kind of just, yeah, go to church, do the Christian music thing, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can just do your thing now. Yeah. You can just make music and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but I, I do remember kind of when I left that world and went into the live experience that I do now being like, thank God I can just, yeah, you know, I can go have a beer. <laughs> you know? and, and my buddy who was in that band, I remember him, he wouldn't just go out. Like we can just go to a local restaurant. Yeah. Or, you know, depending on where it weird stuff, how, how it changes now. Yeah. Um, for sure. Is there, a specific avenue now where you have to drive it to remain genreless or is it just kind of wide open now? Well, man, that, that's a, that's a really tough question. Um, I'm not meaning to do this. No, I know. I, I feel know. like I'm failing upwards a little. I think as long as we're always failing upwards, <laughs> That's good. We're hey, in a good place. Yeah, you see my wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, no, so like with the brethren, I mean, like I was saying, like when we were playing, we weren't trying to be something, and we weren't even trying to form a band or anything like that. It just organically came, and so this the songs that we're currently writing, the songs that we have written, and the songs that are currently out right now. Um, they're just, they're just real life. They're just us. And like, um, I don't know, they just kind of fit the, the struggle of, of humanity. And, um, you know, not every day are you on a mountaintop. And so not every song should be all about, yeah, you know, that's not real life. Um, yeah, you have days like that, but most of the days you're, spent in the valley and so that's where a lot of our songs come from of just of just real life and and you know and and i think too for me as as even going back to being a dad um that is really important to me to to teach my kids too of just like you know you're not always going to get your way not everything is going to go the way that you thought it was going to go um but it's okay. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's all right. And sometimes when you don't get what you want, what happens ends up being 10 times better than what you did want. And, uh, I don't know, man, for, for me, that's just, you know, I've, I've lived a little bit of a life and, um, I do have some, some great stories and some pretty scary stories <laughs> and, um, but feel you. That's, that's, but that's all of us, man. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter who you are. We're all going to go through those. And, and as long as you have, you know, people around you to support whatever you do, um, and to be there for you during the downtimes and to celebrate with you when you, in the uptimes, um, that's, that's pretty cool. Oh, for sure. It, and it, it's uh, like a, I never thought I'd be like where I'm at now. Yeah. Not, not. This is a retirement life for us up here <laughs> on this hill. I call it Happy Hill. I but I, I'm a city dude. I, I, I never wanted to move out to. This to, is the opposite yes, of the city. <laughs> 100% the opposite. My it. my wife knows that. But I, that that's where the travel falls in, where I can enjoy it. 
because yeah. now home for me is really just about them and it's where they're happy yeah. and stuff. And I, I just awesome. ride around my lawnmower and pretend it's a tracker <laughs> up here. Um, beer in the cup holder. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Sometimes four. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I get the uh, drink carriers from Chick-fil-A. And I put 24. I'm just kidding, people. Don't drink and drive. Don't do that. (laughs) Especially with the blades. Especially with lawnmowers. Disengage the blade. (laughs) Yeah, disengage, dude. I'll I'll give you a lawnmower riding lesson if you come up here. That'll be a new thing. When we have artists and stuff come up here, we'll give them a lawnmower hay ride. (laughs) You get to hop in with Cutler. (laughs) But, um, so... It's Nashville and Oregon. Mm-hmm. Two things that I can draw a lot of similarities to, depending on the parts of Oregon. Yeah. You know, you people might think that's weird. There's actually Nashville's not that different. It's it's almost I, I could definitely find a connection. There's some musical connections out there yeah. too. Maybe not Oregon as much as Northwest when I think that country style. Yeah. What do you guys kind of draw some you know, some inspiration from, or do you, or just start flying? Um, well, like kind of our sound, I mean, we, yeah, we are considered kind of like this, it's kind of this country, country rock, Americana kind of sound. Um, and we just call it Northwest country. That's um, the, the best way to describe yeah, it. Like, yeah, exactly. But again, it's like when, when we got together to play, I mean, there were some songs that were just straight up, rock and roll yeah it didn't even have a lick of country in it um but then the more that we were writing and and recording we just kind of it just kind of naturally organically happened and we just kind of fell into what our sound is um and so i i I don't know i i think for us it's that that's very rewarding of just knowing like hey we're not trying to sound like keith urban we're not trying to sound like you know brothers osborne or led zeppelin or something like that like it is it this is like kind of our sound and it's it's who we are and so i think you know as long as we stick to that um i think this whole the brother and journey that we're on um it'll be very rewarding no matter what happens no for sure for sure i'm interested to see it i dig the stuff man thanks i dig the stuff uh rock and roll my baby yeah that is a rock and roll tune i dig that the um trash i'm a big band of horses guy yeah i i i I could see some some similarities into some stuff um if you for your personal drumming style and i always like talk to drummers because i don't know shit about drumming yeah but like i I, it's like the meathead answer like my favorite drummer's ever is travis barker yeah and i but i really like it's because he's a legit yeah he's a he's a goon like like i get it i i get it have your opinions about play shit ass some drums yeah and people if you like your guy who do you have an inspiration a guy you like to watch yeah and sadly it was taylor hawkins um you know i think the so Growing up in the church, we were not allowed to listen to rock and roll. We couldn't even listen to Christian rock um, uh, for some reason. I don't know why. Kings of Leon style. They had a similar story. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But I'll never forget my junior year in high school. I had a buddy of mine that played me Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. 
And it blew my mind. I was like, what is this? And um, from that point on, I mean, I was just, I just, I love John Bonham and watching all of his videos and drumming videos and drum solos and all that stuff as a kid growing up, um, man, just, just blew my mind. I just, just the way that he played. I mean, Neil, a lot of people say Neil Peart, um, he's very technically like amazing, uh, when it comes to drums, but I'd much rather watch somebody like a, a John Bonham or a Taylor Hawkins or even like a Dave Grohl, oh, yeah. um, just cause they play with so much heart and, um, and they just put it all out there and it's not all just about technique, but, um, you can just tell that they love it. You know, Travis Barker too. Um, all those guys, man, are just incredible. But yeah, Taylor Hawkins is just, I could watch him play, um, for a very, very long time. Uh, but what's weird is, you know, a lot of the stuff that Dave Grohl did, because Dave Grohl played drums on a lot of the Foo Fighters stuff, mm-hmm. um, especially early on. Um, Until they realized and, Taylor was better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, two of my favorite drummers were in the same band. Yeah, I know. That's, is that is wild. Which is weird. That is wild. I always, so I always say Travis Barker, but if I'm in a musician circle, I always say... Um, the Carter, the guy from Dave Matthews, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. In a one, you say he plays open, he yeah. plays open handed, and everybody's like, "Damn, that guy really knows." <laughs> I'm like, "No, you just kind of pick up things." That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I did because he plays like this a lot, yeah. and I, yeah. I would assume most people don't. Obviously, I don't know anything about drums, <laughs> but I got some good canned answers if I get myself into. You know, a nice it. little dunk on some people. Yeah, if somebody you hits you, would be like, yeah, well, this guy plays yeah. open hand. So, yeah. so just dunk on him. That's funny. And, yeah. Stu knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's he's all over it. Big time drum guy. <laughs> have no idea how to say his last name. The only reason yeah. I know that is had a friend who was Dave Matthews' tour manager. And I would just go to a Dave Matthews show and listen to all their uh, fanatics, which they have. There's some fanatics yeah. for Dave, which I would say oh, yeah. Ben Folds has some similar similar vibes, not yeah, not but but similar. No, and vibe, I, I yeah. would um that size I would probably relate to a Sean Mullins. Do you know Sean yeah. Mullins? I'm a big Sean Mullins yeah. guy, but that's a Atlanta yeah. kind of influence. So anyways, well, anything you wanna kind of throw out there? Any well, I'll man, I'll keep you posted on the brother and stuff. Yeah, dude, um, I, I, we'd love to have, have you back too. Come hang out. We yeah. can do a walking pod where <laughs> we can just go walk around and throw rocks. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Next time the guys are in town, I'll, I'll have to bring them over. Yeah, bring them. We 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 got outside. We got we could do all kinds of fun stuff we'll out go, here. We'll go ride the uh, the lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'll get a bigger trailer. And, yeah, bigger or, cup holders or we could do i could get a few and we could do like a caravan oh okay. i've been and if you say. check it out on instagram up in canada there's this group of guys who does off-road lawnmowers no way and they jack them up <laughs> like six inches and take the blades off and they're they're like climbing rocks and stuff Dude, there's a lot of alcohol involved if if you are uh tricking out your life if you got to take the blades off like if (laughs) if you've figured out a way to get around (laughs) that contraption yeah yeah you need but that's canada too you know the canucks are known for boozing so um but yeah so this chad chapin the brethren family man grammy nominee 
<laughs> the one you, you just how is that? You just you get a letter. <laughs> like, what's up, dude? Grammy well, nominee. Here's what's funny. My brother, we both been nominated for a Grammy, um, but my brother won and I did. Oh, so I, I'm I'm still a little bitter about it, that one. But I have one song of the year and he hasn't, so I'll I'll That's that yeah, I like that. <laughs> was which one was his Grammy an individual or a band Grammy? It was a band Grammy because uh, my brother used to play for a band called Petra. Yeah, dude, I know I Petra. Yeah. My, for real? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was their bass player. Dude, I got a, my friend Jody from where I'm from. This is a Christian rock thing. That's yeah. biggest Petra fan you've yeah. ever met in your life. And he was a um, white-haired Christian rock worship band. Just but <laughs> was phenomenal guitarist yeah. i think that's something people don't there's dudes playing instruments on sundays in churches across oh, this world absolutely who are just ridiculously yep. talented i had um another favorite drummer of my darren king formerly of mute math oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mute Dude, math mute math's awesome and he was he's a wild card i don't yeah. know if you ever did any duct tape into the headphones <laughs> to your head um no but I, there's a buddy, he played on church every Sunday, and Mute Math wanted him to come out, and um, Family Force 5 wanted him yeah. to come out, and yeah, wanted to play at church how, on Sunday, a lot dude. Of, lot, lot of musicians got started in the church. Uh-huh. And, but it's fun. There's so many of them who are just yeah. cool with staying there, just like, yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's right. Playing some music. Um, yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming out. You know, we'll... It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm going to come check out the Brethren. All right. I, I I do have a dream for this property, though, and it's to do like a fire on the mountain type festival up here. That would be sick. Because you can see the peak of the hill over there. We can just pull full woodstock. I can be like the old guy in the short shorts. <laughs> who has no idea what's going on. I'll just play dumb. When, all, like, when know. the police show up, I don't know. I don't know. Just, just, just a farmer. <laughs> just a farmer. All these With hippies. The tricked out lawnmower. Yeah, these hippies showed up and started playing their music. <laughs> but we'll we'll sprinkle uh, in some Christian bands in there, and then we're in. Hey, we're in for right. it, dude. But, um, yeah, thanks for coming out, dude. Uh, yeah, we out. Bye. There, it's done. Bye. Bye. Bye.